Last August, I got a WhatsApp voice memo from another trainer in my network. And he said, hey, Mark, this is Tim. Give me a call. I've got a contact for you. She's looking for sales training and it's right up your street. Cheers. That's it. Literally as short as that. I called him back and then one thing led to another. Actually, one call led to eight different training courses with this prospect or now customer and still counting. There's more work coming up with the client in July at the time of recording in August and again in September. Who knows if there's more work from this person or this company again at the end of this year. But it's been quite profitable, all thanks to this one contact, this one introduction, this one recommendation. I didn't have to advertise. I didn't have to market myself. I didn't have to spend any money. And as you're listening to this, I'm sure you agree, we all want this kind of effortless revenue generation as as contractors, as independents, people who work in the training business as facilitators or trainers or coaches or consultants. We all want this kind of reference, this kind of recommendation where someone thinks of us and then puts us in touch with someone who needs us at a specific moment in time. And in sales terms, this is called a bluebird. That's the term used in sales. You can look the term up in Google, a bluebird. And like an unusual bird, it lands in the hands. It literally is something that you don't have to do anything for. It just comes to you because someone knows what you do and whom you do it for. And they're able then to put you in touch with someone who needs you at that moment in time. It's training work you can do. It's facilitation work you love to do. It's consultancy work that's right for you. So thank you, Tim, if you're listening to this. Thank you for putting me in touch with this person who contacted you, asking if you did something and you instead said, actually, I know a guy who does. His name is Mark. Uh, I'll set up this introduction and let you guys take it from there. So today, this is what today's all about. How do you network for business from and with other trainers? No guests today. It's just you and I. So buckle up. Here's the music. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, this is Mark, and this is the Training Business Podcast. If this is your first time here, welcome. I'm delighted to know you're listening for the first time. This is a show which goes out every single Thursday. It's hosted by me. My name is Mark, as I said, and it's my privilege to introduce guests to you. We often have guests on the show, but now and again, we also have a solo episode where it's just you and I, and that is the case today. And this is something which I think is pertinent, and I'll tell you why. It's because at the time of recording today's episode in July, very often many trainers find that, you know, it's, it's a quiet month. It could be something you, you're welcoming because you have downtime to do other things, family things, or it could just be that you've hit some kind of slump. So I want to use today's episode to give you some ideas as to how, in my case, personally speaking, I was lucky or rather fortunate that another trainer was able to recommend me and bring business my way without much effort from me. 
Now, if you are a regular listener, welcome again. This is, as you know by now, the show for people like you and me, trainers, consultants, coaches, people in the world of training business. And the emphasis, although the subject matter is training, the emphasis is the business side of training. And this is why I've got guests on the show and why we have the kinds of episodes we have. And every Thursday, we have a fresh episode of the podcast. It's designed to help you with topics and some queries some challenges that you may have, and those are ones that face me as well, because I'm in your shoes. I'm not just preaching here from behind a microphone. I'm very much self-employed. I work with other training companies. I also work with my own clients, and I'm all the time looking for clients, and everyone, I think, who is self-employed is always looking for clients. I, I come across few people who would say, I have enough clients, because even then, we're looking to upgrade to get better clients So today's topic is all about how we can actually work with other trainers to get more clients or even better clients. So it's just you and I, as I said, and today I want to give you some coaching questions to help you to network. I want to talk about some differences between referrals, references, and recommendations, and they're three different things, and very often we mix them up. They sound the same, they begin with R, but that's actually as... As, as much as they have in common. Uh, references, referrals, and recommendations are different. So we'll look at those too. I want to talk about the differences between internal and external networks, uh, what a lead exchange is, the concept of a lead exchange, and some practical things to get um, training referrals from other trainers. So that's really the synopsis of today's episode. If I leave anything out, I'm sure you'll drop me an email and I'm hopefully hopeful that you will drop me an email in any case, because I'm all the time looking for suggestions for episodes and guests and topics and, you know, anything that comes to mind. Please drop me a line, mark at trainingbusiness.com. And of course, if you haven't by now, you can check out the website, which is www.trainingbusiness.com. One more time, www.trainingbusiness.com. And before I move to the rest of today's episode, can I just say that I'm all the time looking for people like you to send in articles. Now, we have a page, which is uh, trainingbusiness.com forward slash write for us. I think that's the link. And I want to encourage you, if you are a training provider, if you're a consultant, if you're a coach, even if you work inside an organization as an employee, I still would like to hear from you because... I'm all the time uh, really interested in hearing other people's perspectives on aspects of training. It could be to do with sales or marketing. It could be to do with program design, instructional design, uh, evaluation. And if you listen back to past episodes of the show, you'll get a feel for the kinds of people, the kinds of topics that we have. And if you've got some topic in your mind, something we haven't covered or something we've covered anyway, but you still feel you could write an article up to a thousand words, uh, then check out the blog. And the address is simple again. It's very simply put, www.trainingbusiness.com forward slash blog. So if you go to trainingbusiness.com, you'll see the podcast, you'll see the front page, and you'll see a list of articles. Now we have other ideas for the site. Um, A couple of you have actually been very helpful and have mailed me uh, with a couple of ideas to developtrainingbusiness.com. I do like that. So if you've got ideas, please drop me a line, mark at trainingbusiness.com. Okay, enough of that. So today's episode, as I said, is all about how we can work 
with other trainers to get business because when you think of it, uh, it actually makes sense. A lot of us don't think of trainers because we we think naturally of of you know new customers. We think of going out onto LinkedIn and and finding people or giving talks and finding people. What about the people we already have? And as I said before the music, I was quite fortunate last year. I won't say lucky because there was some uh, preparation involved in getting Tim to contact me. But but Tim did contact me. He knew that I was looking to do this this and this kind of work. And a call came to him and he thought, I know just the guy. And Tim put me in touch and, I, and it went from there. So I'd like to ask you right now a couple of questions and you can write these down if you like, but here they are. One, how many people in your professional network know exactly what you actually do? And I don't mean, you know, tentatively or superficially. I really mean that. What do you, what do you think or how many of your network know exactly what you do? Okay, word for word. If, if you were to ask them, what would they say? And this is often a, a problem because if people don't know exactly what you do, whom you do it for, it's going to be difficult for them to know, you know, what referrals to make, what recommendations to make. So that's the first thing. If you have a network, and you do because you're on LinkedIn, more than likely, as you're listening to this, how many of your network know exactly what you do, actually do? Question two. Um, have you taken trouble to shape what they think? Have you written it down for them? How have you sense-checked what they actually think you do? Have you asked them? Have you had a face-to-face meeting, a phone call, an email? John, what do you think I do? Well, I think you, you're in training. Okay, what kind of training? I've no idea. Well, whose fault is that? If they don't know... It's your fault. So when the network you have cannot refer to you, it's often because they don't know what you do and who you do it for. Question three, what are you actively doing to ensure that people know what you do and are able to sell what you do? Okay, so one more time. How many of your network know what you actually do? How have you sense-checked what they think you do? And question three, what are you doing actively to ensure that people know what you do and are able to sell what you do. Because knowing isn't necessarily doing. So if you're thinking, why don't more people in my network sell me or bring people to me, it could be just that they don't actually think you need the work or they just don't know what you do and therefore can't match you up with someone who needs what you do. Okay, does that make sense? And another story I have to tell you is that I got an email from a company about two or three years ago, and they just said to me, uh, you know, someone said we should call you or talk to you. And I said, well, um, okay, well, who is that person? And they couldn't remember. They literally just put an email out there. Someone replied, my name came up, and I've no idea to this day who that person was or what that company was. Was it an individual? I've no idea. But Often these things happen on the basis of serendipity. This is literally where accidentally, almost miraculously, someone decides to refer you to someone else. The trouble is that often happens on a very unpredictable basis. And I wouldn't build a business on the basis of unpredictability. What I'm talking about here is if you do want network referrals or recommendations, if you do want other trainers to recommend people to you and to recommend you to them, you really have to take this actively. Okay, 
Make sense? So if you think of it, there are, I like to think of it this way. If you think of the network out there or the, the marketplace, and we divide the marketplace into three thirds, 33% of the business you have comes from the people you know. It comes from the people who like you, who trust you, who work with you, people who know what it's like to be around you. And these are people who will just do business with you because of the success they've had with you, how they feel about you. The next 33% would be the kind of business you'll never get. And the reason is because they don't treat treat you the same way as they do with someone else. They have a de- better relationship with another training provider. So in the same way that they feel close to you, uh, or someone feels close to you, someone else feels close to someone else. So what I'm saying is that 33% of the business in the marketplace is something you will never get because other people have better relationships with this prospect or customer than you do. They know them, they trust them, they've worked with them, etc. But the third third, the third 33%, that's the stuff that's up for grabs. Okay? That's the stuff that if you actively, as opposed to passively, if you actively pursue opportunities, telling trainers, telling consultants, telling other people in your professional network what you do, and you make it something that's in their interest to refer you, I think you'll be amazed how much business you get from people who are just like you, but don't do exactly what you do, and are happy to recommend you. Okay? So when you think of the network, think or the marketplace, think of those three-thirds. 33% of your business will come to you based upon whom you know, what they think about you, how they feel about you, and that that trust, that relationship. 33% will be stuff you'll never get because someone else has those advantages. But the third 33%, that's the stuff that's up for grabs. And by actively developing your network and training the network to help you in a very cohesive, strategic way, that's stuff which you can actually get. And so back to my first story with Tim. Tim knew what I did, and I explained to Tim whom I do it for. So when the opportunity came along, when luck met preparation, the doorbell rang, and lo and behold, Tim was able to refer someone to me. Now, it just so happens that Tim is a trainer, but he doesn't do what I do exactly, and I don't do what he does exactly, and that's actually perfect. You, you want these kinds of relationships which are complementary. They're non-competitive. There will, of course, be some overlap between what you do and what that person may do, but there is presumably, or hopefully, some area that you do that they don't do, and this is where they're happy to refer to you or refer people to you. Now, could there be a monetary relationship? Absolutely. That's what we'll come to next or at some point in today's episode, which is the concept of a lead exchange, where it's trading leads uh, on a kind of a quid pro quo basis. I I sell you something, uh, I know a network opportunity, I'll give it to you, but I'd like something in return. So when we think of of the network that you have, and I mentioned this term a few times, you can think of two kinds of networks, the external network uh, and the internal network. The external network would be, you know, LinkedIn. It's all the contacts you have. I added my 5,000th contact on LinkedIn this week. Uh, I can't believe I've got 5,000 contacts on LinkedIn. Am I milking that or developing that network enough? No, I'm not. I should be doing more, and I think I will be doing more this autumn, this fall. But it's it's a massive network, and 5,000 is a tiny drop in the ocean. You've then got things like events uh, online, 
Um, you've all kinds of websites where where Eventbrite, for example, stands out. And Eventbrite is where you can find connections who go to courses like you do. You can um, go to BNI when you know when COVID's gone away. Um, and this is a place where you can go along and speak in front of other professionals locally. You can go along to business chambers of commerce. These are all kinds of external networks where you can find opportunities. And quite a few people I network with say that when they go along to these events like BNI or a chamber of commerce or some kind of in-company event, as a speaker, they always come away with, if not actual opportunities, they come away with really well-qualified referrals. And I can say hand on heart, every single time I've gone to a speaking event and I've been a speaker, and even when I've not been a speaker, I've come away with something. So when COVID goes away, when we solve that, and we will, uh, we'll be back face-to-face going to these kinds of events. That's the external network, all that stuff, okay? What about the internal network? These are your families, your friends, and what I call your fellows, your family, people who love you, trust you, related to you, that's the 33% you have right off. That's the first 33% you have, okay? The friends you have, people, you know, acquaintances, people who know you socially. Again, most trainers, I don't think, do a good enough job selling themselves and making it clear and helping other people, by the way, to help them. So are there friends of, of yours right now who who work in companies and those companies need trainers and have you had that kind of conversation with them to let them know casually what you do some of you might think that's a bit icky because i feel a bit weird when i'm trying to sell myself to my friends i don't mean you sell yourself to your friends but at least you explain to them what you do and whom you do it for and naturally because they're friends they will want to help you out you never know when someone says i know just the person let me give you her details his details. So if they're not doing that, it's probably because we've not done a good enough job of positioning ourselves in their minds. But also in the internal network window is what we call fellows. So family, obviously people related to you, friends, your acquaintances, your your buddies. And fellows, these are the people who are trainers, consultants, coaches, just like you. Now, the question is, why do we then most of us, why don't we work with other trainers? And there are a couple of reasons. Perhaps you think they're competition. And I, I, I understand that. It's natural. You think if I tell other trainers about the opportunities I, I have that I can service, they'll take them from me. Well, that's a kind of a scarcity mindset. Because if you look on LinkedIn, you'll find trainers who focus on things like resilience. Maybe you don't. They focus on sales like me, maybe you don't. They focus on leadership. Uh, I don't. Maybe you do. They focus on perhaps mental health training, and you don't. They focus on any number of areas, IT, languages, who knows. But there are people out there, fellows, fellows, fellow trainers, fellow consultants, fellow coaches, who right now more than likely have at least one time this year had an opportunity, but they've not known who to refer it to, or they've had one but not thought of you. And that's a shame, because I can tell you that in the case of Tim and that company I mentioned a couple of, for a couple of years ago, I got huge amounts of business just from those two people. Completely out of the blue, that thing landed in my lap, and it really led to a spike in sales for me. So 
it's a mistake to think that other trainers aren't willing to work with you and to help you, okay? So it's quite simple. You could simply say, you know, ask a trainer that you know, um, do you ever get queries about X? You do? Great. So what happens then? Do you say, I don't do this? Or do you refer that person looking for that business to someone else? Um, here's a suggestion. I occasionally get queries about this. I know you do this. So why don't we do this? Why don't we work together? So when this thing comes up, I will refer people to you. And if that thing comes up, the thing I do, you refer them to me. And that's a simple conversation. So if your scarcity mindset is telling you, I don't want to work with other trainers to get work from them, perhaps it's because you fear the competition. But believe you me, there are people right now who would like some stuff from you if you can give some stuff to them, okay? So that's the concept of a lead exchange. It's like a marketplace. You could actually, in theory, set something up on LinkedIn informally, where with a pool of, let's say, five trainers, one of you does, let's say, leadership, one of you does IT, one of you does, I don't know, uh, let's say, onboarding. I'm making this up. One of you does something else. And you agree that, as a collective, you have a lead exchange relationship. So, you know, another idea, by the way, as I'm thinking this out loud, is that let's say in, in territory, let's say right now you're listening to this in Singapore or in India, or you're listening to this in France or in the US, you might say, well, actually, um, there's no one in my network that does things in my territory, but you do, uh, or uh, you do this thing, but not in my territory. So why don't we formally exchange? So when things come up in this area, in this territory, I will refer people to you. And you could, you could make this quite substantial. So that's a lead exchange where you literally informally or formally contract with other trainers who don't compete with you or are even geographically not in the same location as you. And you agree with them that when these things come up, um, I will send these things to you if you send these things to me. It's a very simple system. So think of it like a mini lead exchange. You are bartering or exchanging things. Now, my advice to you is don't get into the monetary side of things because otherwise it gets really, you know, hairy. Uh, well, I sent you £50,000 worth of business. Um, it could be that a lead you get turns into £15,000 or $500,000 or €500,000. But you shouldn't barter with people on the basis of what things could be worth or might be worth, because who's to say? I initially thought that this opportunity that came in my door from Tim would be two or three training uh, programs. It turned into eight and looks like it'll be even more this year. So the point is that all you want really is, is the recommendation, the referral. And I'll come to what the difference is between those in a moment, okay? So the lead exchange is where something is set up by you and other people in a collaborative sense, a cooperative sense, using the principle of a lead exchange. And those people agree to hand things of a particular nature to you in exchange for you doing the same for them. And in psychology, we call this the principle of reciprocity. I scratch, scratch your back, you scratch mine. It's very simple. Okay. So reach out to people, reach out to people in your network. If you don't know them, say, I notice you're doing resilience. I don't do this. Or I do do it, but not in your territory. So how, why don't we do this? If these things come in, you refer them to me. If these things come in, I'll refer them to you. Okay? So 
who is more likely to sell or to be able to sell you than a fellow trainer? It's true, because trainers know what training is. They know how to ask qualification questions to size up the opportunity. This is what Tim did for me. He was able to ask questions to qualify whether this person was the right person, the right company, the right vertical, the right industry for me. And this is what good good trainers do. If you're running your own training business, you more than likely, if you've got direct clients, you do this anyway as a matter of of habit, of, of, of practice. So who better to sell you than a trainer who is rewarded for selling you and understands what training is? So Think of the people right now whom you know, fellow trainers, fellow consultants, fellow facilitators, fellow coaches. Find out whether there's something that they do that you can't do and vice versa, and proactively reach out to them and set up some kind of conversation. Will this always work? No, absolutely not. Will everyone give equally? No, they won't. There will always be givers and takers in this life. And will you find that every lead turns into something big? No but you don't know if you don't try. It's worth a try, and I can tell you it's worked for me in the past, okay? So if we think of it, the questions you ask and the things that you write down are the things that you will use to help that trainer to work with you, that consultant to work with you. What is it that they can use to position you in front of their contact? You don't want to leave this to chance. And this is why I distinguish between what I call a reference, a referral, and a recommendation. A reference is simply an indication. A referral is, if you will, a direction. And a recommendation is a clear approval. It's, it's someone saying to you, actually, I think you should talk to this person. So if we think of it specifically, a reference is an indication. It's like saying, yeah, this person's done good work, or yeah, they have a good reputation. It's an indication, nothing more. A referral is a direction. It's where someone's saying, go talk to her or him specifically. But a recommendation is where someone actively introduces you. So which would you rather? Would you rather someone says nice things about you? That's a reference. Would you rather someone refers you where they point you in that person's direction and do nothing more? Or would you rather someone actively make an introduction? Hey, Jim, you got to talk to Mark. Or hey, Tim, you got to talk to Mark. Hey, Mark, you got to talk to Lucy. Or hey, uh, Saqib, you got to talk to Hamid. Um, You want someone to literally latch on and say, let me make the introduction. Here's what they do. Here's whom they've done it for in the past. Here's why you guys should talk. That's what a recommendation is. A referral is lukewarm. A a reference is just really cold, but a recommendation is active. It's hot. Tim made an introduction. He took the trouble to lift the phone, contact me, lift the phone, contact his counterpart, and put the two of us together with an email. In fact, he even did more than that. He actually took a video call. That's what you want, a recommendation. So you've got to actually make it in the person's interest to do this for you. This is why the fellow, not just the family and friends, the fellow part of your network is key. There are other trainers out there right now who would more than likely cooperate with you if you approach them in the right way, help them to recommend you in the right way, and do the same for them when the time comes.
I think that's fair. Because those people get questions all the time. I all the time, not just because I run the podcast here, but because as a trainer, people come to me and say, do you do X uh, submissions or briefing notes? Do you do Y? Uh, do you do resilience? And it's funny, the older I get, the more I turn things down. Because when I was younger, I'd have said, I'd have said yes, and I would, I'd have learned to do that thing. But now I say no. I say no a lot more than I say yes, because it's just too onerous to learn a whole new skill set. So there must be things right now, if you write them down, you don't want to do, you don't like to do, you don't have to do. Fine. Find someone who can do them and barter with those things. When those requests come in, don't just say, I don't know how to do them or I don't do them. You could say something like, I don't do it, but I know someone who does. I'll get back to you with that person. And you've now got a lead and you can exchange this lead with someone else for value. That person now owes you something. So if you've chosen your fellow network members carefully, your lead exchange, those people, when the time comes, will come good for you too. Okay? So again, is this system perfect? No. Is it always going to work? No. Will everyone give equally and uh, fairly? No. People will let you down. But I would wager that when you find people out there who do what you do, but not exactly what you do or where you do it, or whom you do it for, perhaps it's a different industry or vertical, not your specialization, you will find that naturally leads will come to you quicker than you would believe. Because as trainers, who else is going to who else are you going to contact if you're looking for training than trainers? So maybe one of their friends or family thinks of that person as a trainer. They contact them. That person then refers that person or recommends that person to you. So what you want really from today is to think differently about trainers. Don't you see them as competition? See them as other professionals that you can collaborate with, you can cooperate with, you can co-create value with. Form some kind of relationship, a lead exchange, where when things come in that you don't do, but they do, you give it to them, and create some kind of system whereby those people do the same or reciprocate for you. Distinguish clearly between referrals, references, and recommendations. And think of coaching questions you can ask yourself to clarify where you are right now with your relationships, with your what would naturally be competitors. Are there people out there, other trainers? And by the way, LinkedIn is easily half a million trainers or, or facilitators. Are there people out there that you could form some kind of relationship with so that when the time comes, you will get, like I did with Tim, an amazing opportunity dropped in your lap, fully qualified and ready to go. That is worth pursuing. So I'll leave that with you today. There are my thoughts on how to work with other trainers. I'm sure you've got ideas. It's only 30 minutes long, but if there's training work you can do, facilitation work you love to do, consultancy work that's right for you, more than likely right now, someone somewhere in the world needs what you do, but don't know that you do what you do, and they need to hear from you. Think about reaching out to other trainers uh, professionally, of course, and setting up some kind of relationship, some kind of system whereby you refer training training leads to each other and spend some time thinking about how to position yourself in such a way that when you don't have to advertise or market yourself or spend any money, leads still come to you. Okay, hopefully you found that valuable. As I was thinking my notes through today, I thought, yeah, that's something I should be doing more of because I used to do it a lot. And it's something I'm going to do now a bit better than I've been doing. So thank you for um, the suggestion. It was Nicola, actually, from about six weeks ago who sent in that 
topic. Uh, can I get business from other trainers? The answer is yes, you can, Nicola. If you've got ideas for topics, please drop me a line, mark at trainingbusiness.com. Perhaps there's an article right now that you feel could help other training professionals, whether they're employees in learning and development practices inside organizations, or whether, just like me, you're on the outside um, as a contractor, as an independent, or even a training company, you and a collective of other trainers, and you're getting business from other organizations, okay? Please drop me a line, any topics, queries, feedback, I would love to hear it. Mark at trainingbusiness.com. Please click on subscribe because this validates what we do every single week. And it's not just me, it's a team effort with Sam and with James. And it's our pleasure to bring you an episode every single Thursday. There is, of course, a fresh episode next Thursday of the Training Business Podcast. I look forward to seeing you then. Check out the blog in the meantime, www.trainingbusiness.com, and you'll find past episodes of the podcast and articles every single week on there. And if there are articles that you feel you'd like to write, please drop me a line again, mark at trainingbusiness.com. Until next Thursday, look after yourself. Take care. Hopefully you're enjoying the summer. Talk soon. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.